So this problem hasn't been fixed, hasn't really even been addressed a lot in the last 67 years. We've moved forward, but sure, it's not, different. Not by, yeah, it's different, but you still have similar problems. Mm-hmm. And once again, I mean, this dude is just being used as ammo for both sides. Welcome to the What's Up Ready Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell, notification buttons, tell a friend about us. It's all those fun things that help grow the podcast. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you tuning in. We are here to talk about the movie Till. It was released on October 28th, 2022. It was written by Michael Riley, Keith Beauchamp, and Chinanye Chukwu. And I apologize for butchering that name, but they also directed this movie, Chinanye Chukwu. It stars Danielle Deadweiler, Jalen Hall, Frankie Faison, Sean Patrick Thomas, John Douglas Thompson, Whoopi Goldberg, Jem Mark Collins, Diallo Thompson, and Enoch King, sorry. In 1955, after Emmett Till is murdered in a brutal lynching, his mother vows to expose the racism behind the attack while working to have those involved brought to justice. If you haven't seen this movie, it's recently out. So if you haven't seen it, you want to avoid spoilers. You don't know the story behind it, whatever it might be. Now it's time to pause the podcast. Go watch it if you want to. If you want to not look into avoid spoilers, stick around because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Um, heavy movie, fellas. It's a super heavy movie. Yeah. I knew it was going to be. Did you guys know the story of Emmett Till prior to this? I knew the history book footnote. Gotcha. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, this is why, I mean, like I grew up 20 minutes west of DC and Virginia and like, Virginia history is all ingrained in the Civil War and all the civil rights movement, all that. This is what I never heard about. And if I did, I didn't remember because there's a lot of other stories that I guess have been like Rosa Parks, obviously Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, different things like that. But this is one I did not know about and pretty sad. Yeah. I knew about it just by, by I as well lived far into the South where, I mean, I grew up around a lot of, I mean, not to this extent, obviously, but I mean, I've heard some things that made my head spin when I was a kid and it's just like, what the hell is happening? And I'd seen the pictures prior of Emmett Till and in, in his, the funeral and that picture that they kind of frame within the movie of his mother and, and her boyfriend slash fiance slash future husband. So I knew going in that this was yeah never gonna be a fun movie to watch in that it's a heavy topic it's very sad but i will say i thought it was great and especially from danielle deadweiler i've never seen her in anything that i can think of but damn do i want to go watch some other movies that she's in because it was hella good i was worried going into the movie knowing the story and thinking about like that kind of grief is different, right? Like losing a child, especially to something as grotesque in the way that it happened. And like, I believed in her ability to show that level of grief. And yeah, it was rough. What yeah. I thought was cool is I, this is funny. I was actually, while I was watching the movie, cause there's parts that 
the listening audience knows I don't do well with slow stuff. There's definitely some slow cinematography here. While I understand the purpose of it, I talk about that later, but long story short, came across a bunch of pictures of when the casket came back to Chicago and there was a picture of her like right when it happened in that scene in the movie they mimicked like, exactly what she looked like when she put her arm in the casket and what, and it, my guess is like the screams were, were probably similar to that picture that she took with the barber, her boyfriend or whatever that they put on that magazine. Like that was the actual pose. And so I really appreciated a lot in the, the people, even Emmett, like the actor they got to play looked like, Emmett. Um, and so I just, it was, I appreciated the historical accuracy and I really watched this movie and felt like I watched, unfortunately, kind of exactly what happened, which I think is great, which it's what you appreciate about movies like this. And I think they did an exceptionally good job telling a story that certainly needed to be told. And I mean, the acting was phenomenal. I mean, that I'm trying to think of a movie where someone has cried like that, that type of grief that it felt so uncomfortably believable. That's got to be just exceptionally hard to do. Yeah, it was heart-wrenching just watch. And that's why I was, I was very appreciative of, because we talked about this on this podcast before, where a lot of times actors and actresses showing emotion can be really bad and it's not believable. And, and I get that it's probably one of the most difficult things to do is mimic that type of emotion. But a lot of times it just pulls me out, but this one, I like, I was, man, it was gut wrenching to watch this in the theater and, and watch her and, and even like Whoopi Goldberg and the, the great aunt at the funeral, like everyone showing that level of emotion and doing it so well was, I really appreciated that. I, I think it was important and I'm sure they felt the weight of the fact that you have to show that kind of emotion for this type of story and you have to get that right. That's probably one of the biggest pieces of this is getting that right. So that everyone that watches it can kind of feel some level of that because it's, yeah, it's a horrific story. What about you, Alec? You're kind of quiet down there. I didn't believe the emotion. No, most of it. Yes. Mm. But there was points and granted, I can't really speak from personal experience. Sure on how, what I would respond to in that specific situation. And if they copied it, you know, cause I'm assuming like what Matt was saying, they probably had eyewitness statements to work with as well as, you know, photos and everything. It felt to me like a sell for the newspapers mm. based on just the over top dramatic, because where I've seen that kind of level of emotion is with professional mourners mm. who attend funerals specifically for that reason. So when the casket comes off the train, I had a hard time buying into that specific sense of the emotion. Everything else kind of surrounding that, I'm on board with this. But it was the almost over-the-top reach where I was like, is that entirely genuine or is this a little bit of a sell for the reporters and newspapers there? Because at this point, she's kind of committed to using this tragedy that befell her family in trying to advance or help other African-Americans gain some semblance of equality or at least fair treatment. So that was the only part where I was like, "Mm, not really totally buying it. And it pulled me out for probably, I don't know, 30 whole seconds is all I was out for. And then I was pulled back in. It's fair. But 
I didn't get sold on the entirety of it. Great acting job though. Yeah. She hasn't done a lot. I'm going to have to check some stuff out, see what I can find. Cause she was I amazing. I got to get off my chest. Like I said earlier, like this movie's slow and <laughs> I knew at this not an action movie. It's, it has a story to tell. It's a story that is sad. It's going to weigh in you, but they definitely wanted to lean into moments of the sadness or the feelings that you would think she'd be feeling at that moment and such. And so they, for those that will watch it and such, there are points where they're, they linger on their record and the song or sitting on the bed or other parts. I can't remember or looking at the store where it happened. And I, again, I get why they did it, but it definitely adds to the length of this movie and for the, how heavy the topic is at times, like, it's just a lot for me to, to sit through because of that. It definitely detracted a little bit. And that's always a constant criticism for me, but I felt it like certainly. Sure. I think there could have been a little cleaner editing. I think they did a little too much. I think the first 45 minutes were perfect. I think after, like you say, some of the quiet contemplation moments, I think they just did a few too many. I think you could have got the point across one or two instead of half a dozen but I also think they could have leaned in more like, because I get what they were trying to do with those quiet moments, right? You're trying to show again, Mm -hmm. the character progression of Mamie and how she gets to the point where she can finally give a speech after everything's over with in New York and say, you know, Hey, look, I'm this strong mother that's been through the worst possible thing. And this is what this, what needs to happen based on what's going on in the world. But what I really appreciated was the character development of her having to have conversations with people that were indirectly or directly or however you want to categorize it responsible, like her uncle. As soon as they showed her seeing the shotgun in that room, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is not going to be a good conversation. And it's one of those things where, but at the same time, like you have to think about the perspective of him as well, because it's like he said, even if you just take into account, it's Emmett versus three other sons and his wife. Where do you draw the line at that point? Like, how do you make that decision? It's an impossible decision. I mean, I know what I, I can say what I think I would do, but I also don't have, and I can never understand what it would be like to have to take on every, pretty much every white man in the state of Mississippi after that, right? Like you're signing your death warrant. Oh, he did such a good act that part when he came down the steps and was looking at the headlights as they were back. And you know, he wanted to do more. And I was thinking the same thing during you're like, he can't because if if he does, they're literally all going to die. And it's going to make the lives worse for the black lives down there for everyone else. It's going to be a living hell and it's going to, things are going to continue to go backwards. And I mean, you, you can't even fathom what would happen if that did happen? Because we'd be having a very different moment in history. Probably, I mean, personally, probably a very scary moment because I think they this show did a really good job of, I've known these things have happened, but just the brazenness that these people just show up, take them away, do this, and just know, hey, we're going to get an all-white jury, a white judge, all of a sudden, we're going to get off scot-free. What they didn't really show at the end of this is in the pictures, and they said a little bit on the radio that the the couple like kiss and made up and were laughing it's probably good they didn't focus on that uh, to be a yeah. lasting image. Yeah. But man, like that happened. That was a real thing. And, and that's why that gentleman, I really think, pulled back because it would have just unfortunately probably made things worse, which uh, not great. Yeah, it's, it's a heavy. Oof, yeah, it's a heavy movie. But it's 
it's something that needs, I'm glad they made it. Like when I first saw the preview months ago, I was like, whoa, they're making this a movie. And then I was like, after that initial shock of like, wow, that's brave. I went, that's good. I was like, these are the kind of things that need, because that feeling that you're talking about, I had it too. I'm sitting in the theater going, wow. And the worst part about it is, is I knew, like I grew up in the South, like my family's from the deep South on my mom's side. Like I have seen and been around some massive amounts of racism in my life to the point of, to me being shocked. But then you think about my weak disposition of being shocked versus what actually happens back then. And even today, because it's not even a back then problem. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law day before Halloween. And he was talking about going down to Mississippi for his work. And I was like, oof. Mississippi something. And Mississippi hasn't changed much from this time frame in the 50s. We don't want to admit that. But you can be a white person walking down the street on the same side of the road as a black person and get things thrown at you for being okay walking down the same side of the street as a black person in that in that moment. That's how deeply rooted racism still is in a state like Mississippi. And it's not just Mississippi. I have family in Alabama. I know friends in deep Missouri. I mean, there's a lot of states in our country that are still wildly racist. And to the point that we've seen it recently, a man jogging through a neighborhood gets shot and killed for no other reason than he's a black man running through a neighborhood. So these are the things that we do need to talk about. And I think this is a great example of how deeply disturbed some of the parts of our country and some of the, the minds of people. And this comes to my, I've said this before, I don't have a lot of faith in human beings and their nature in general. So it shocks me that this can happen. But at the same time, there's a part of me that it doesn't shock at all, that it's still a problem. Well, the testimony from that, the mom, the, how she just made all that up and can do that and be good with it and know that she was the cause of getting that boy killed. You're just, yeah, like. And the guys that killed him did an interview a year, yeah, like less than a year late. later. Yeah, yeah. Admitted and they did it. And got paid $4,000 for it, for the story, and then went back home and nothing ever happened. Now, they couldn't try them in a criminal court again because of double jeopardy laws. But at the same time, now, let's get this correct. It's not like they went unscathed after admitting it. They were shunned in their neighborhoods, in their towns. They tried to move to Texas. They were shunned there. So for lack of a better term, they suffered a little bit because of what they did, but not nearly what they should have because of the brutality and just sheer senselessness of what had happened. But I'm pretty, yeah, like I said, I don't have a lot of faith in humanity, unfortunately. And so it, I get pretty ugly when we start talking about things like this in my head. Cause I left the theater just completely embarrassed for humanity, especially those of us with the pale complexion. It's insane. The fact that people can do this to other human beings is insane to me. Oh, absolutely. When we first start out and we get the idea that Emmett is going to go to Mississippi, I could not believe his mother let him go. I <sighs> know. Just based off of his general attitude, and hats off to the actor who played Emmett, because mm -hmm. holy smokes. I mean, even knowing the story from the historical footnote like I did, I knew he was going to have trouble going down to Mississippi just because of the way he was acting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she told him multiple times, you're going into a different world. 
you have to follow different rules. You don't understand it's not like Chicago because that is almost, I mean, the recipe for everything that happened is one of disaster. Mm -hmm. You're setting a kid who, you know, has been raised in a different world into a place where nobody believes he's actually human or worth anything. The only kind of oversight or guidance that he's getting is from his cousins who are roughly the same age as he is maybe a little bit old, a little bit younger, you know, kind of a spread, but all around the same general age. And there's, I mean, like Jay said, there's places today where you don't go if stuff happens that way. Like I was working as pest control in Philadelphia. Mm. JJ, if you said, let's go to North Philly, I'm telling you, (laughs) hell fucking no. And I'm not going anywhere near North Philly. And I'm not recommending it. (laughs) Just not going to do it. There is no power on this earth that could drag me to that neighborhood. And it's, it's a similar, I mean, not very similar, but a similar thing going to Mississippi in the 1950s for an African-American teenager. You don't go because it shows in the, in the movie I mean, he's a little bit flirtatious kind of thing, does his little wolf whistle, yeah. but it gets blown out of proportion. But on the same level, she could have just not liked the way he opened the door and went to go get the gun. Mm-hmm. Why would, I mean, why <laughs> was my question for a lot of this movie. Yeah. It's scary now you're going down that place where a white person can pull out a gun and probably potentially you still get away with just outright shooting you right there because the story they can tell, because you know the cops are on their side, because you heard that the sheriff on the stand, he's like, we're not, he didn't even believe it was Emmett and that NWACP and, and the mom made this up. And you're just like, sheriff just said that? Like, man, I, if you're a black individual down in the deep south or Mississippi, like the deck is stacked against you and then some, like you got nothing, you got no hope. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. The more Alec talks about that, like, and they even alluded to it in the film, like they played that music every time she'd think about it and the stress and God, that's just. Yeah. And it's a hard yeah. balance, right? Like you can't like, cause I'm with you, Alec. Like my first thought was, is just don't let him go. Like you grew up there, you know what that's like. Don't let him go. But then at the same time, you have to let your kids live and you have to, you know what I mean? So it's a hard balance to find because then, you know, you don't let them go and your parents or your kids resent you because you, you know, were too protective. So you're going to go down there even later in life. And here's one of the worst parts about this whole story is, and one of the things that was most impactful at the time when this story came out is because he was a boy, he's 14 years old. That's the one little bit of protection that he should have had beyond the fact that he's a human being and we shouldn't do this shit to any other human beings. But as a black man, if he hadn't been educated and gone down as a 20 something, it would have probably been even worse if it could be worse. I mean, well, it wouldn't have got that the same out, national outcry that, that it too. did. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. have got the attention. People would have looked at it and thrown the paper away, so to speak. Yeah. First is the fact that he was 14 gave them pause. Well, the, when she was giving her testament about how he grabbed her hand and, and bent her over like that and said what he said, I think he just wanted to be like, do you see the size of this 14 year old boy and the size of this? Say like some of this just doesn't add up. Like now, like you guys are saying, if this is an individual in the late teens, early twenties, something like that complete, then that's going to land even heavy, but it shouldn't have landed the way that it did. Like that just felt so 
icky. And I, I understood why the mom decided to leave. Cause at that point, like it was just, you heard, the, and they did a really good job with the, the crowd and the core, like yeah. everything like, reacting and stuff. And you just knew like, damn mother effers, like yeah, signed, that, sealed, delivered. I blame the lawyers because sure. I looked up the, a little bit more of the storyline or the story surrounding Emmett till his family and everything like that. And his dad really wasn't a very nice dude. So the lawyers for the defendants played on the fact that he was just his Um, father's son. mm -hmm. And so, because, you know, lawyers don't like lawyers, but their entire job is to either get a conviction or to get their client off. Yeah. And they have no compunctions about bending the law, playing dirty and finding every single loophole they can to do that. So how are you going to get these two guys off? Say that the boy that they killed attempted to rape your wife. Mm-hmm. Boom. Instant conviction. Yeah. And especially there and then. Yeah. Because all they needed was a reason or an inkling mm-hmm. of a reason back then. And you were yeah. going to get, yeah. People were looking for a reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, and especially a jury of old white men, which is what the jury was. And we're not talking about like age of the defendant white men. We're talking about old white men, which means the racism was even more deeply seated Mm-hmm. than it would have been in most others. I mean, hell, look, I love my grandma, and I'm not talking shit on my grandmother, but my grandmother had a tint of racism, and she was born in the 30s. You know, we would sit and go, oh, it's just grandma. But, I mean, it's truth. You think about that, like, the generation before, you're well, never going to get was Civil War. Sure. These guys. So their dads, the people in the jury, their dads fought in the Civil War. Yeah, they're for sure. Yeah. So but, that's yeah. what they were raised on, Brian. You were never going to get any sort of guilty verdict. No, no. Or anybody even suggesting it. It was just a kangaroo court to appease the federal government because the federal government is going to do more than just a cursory glance at the trial. I will say, watching this, I feel really bad for Emmett Till because not only does this poor kid get murdered, now he becomes a political pawn in the civil rights movement for both sides. Sure. To use to further their own personal agendas. And then now here we are, what, 70 some odd, 67 years later, and he's still a political pawn between two sides. Of people. So this problem hasn't been fixed, hasn't really even been addressed a lot in the last 67 years. We've moved forward, but sure, not, it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's different, but you still have similar problems. Mm-hmm. And once again, I mean, this dude is just being used as ammo for both sides. One side wants this, one side wants this, and they're pulling out, you know, old receipts. And this poor kid is just another pawn or just another piece on the board that gets moved around whenever it's convenient. Sure. The last thing I want to say, I do appreciate that they showed the grotesque nature of kind of what he looked like and what happened. And I appreciate the the mom making that decision as well, kind of a statement there. And but it goes along with what Alec was kind of just saying. But I do like that the movie didn't shy away from that, just to show the brutality behind it and what horrible people can do when they're on the wrong side. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I didn't think they'd they'd go there. And again, I was glad that they did. Like when they showed in the coroner's office, I was like, oh, good. This is horrible. I don't want to watch this, but that's why it should be on here. Because you can't shy away from that thing, that kind of a, that particular scene in order to have the impact that it needs to have and to be doing it the way that you are. And I'm with you, Matt. And I look, 
of all this movie, and we can talk about Emmett Till and man, Mamie, to make the decisions that she made and have to live through the retelling and the, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even imagine, I can't even begin to fathom what that must have been like for her. Well, yeah, Mississippi not wanting to send her son's body up. And she's like, my son's dead. Like, get the body up here now and make it happen. Like, I really felt that from when she was out on the porch. And because at that point already, she's becoming a political pawn. Her son was. And it's like, look, I haven't even gone through the, give me my son. And the fact that the state of Mississippi was withholding that, I mean, that's just, that's a dick move. Yeah. Yeah, they just wanted to bury him because then it's not, then it can't be a problem. Sure. It just goes away as another African-American person murdered in the South and nothing happens. But yeah, it's, man, took some serious, serious courage to do what she did and to, to put her son on display, whatever you want to say about it. Because here's the other piece of it that we don't think about that I think they, they really touched on. And, and I think you can see because without this happening and her doing, handling it the way that she did, I think you're another 10 years at least, or at least another tragedy of this same style being made public before the civil rights movement gets jump-started the way that it did after this. Like you, you see in those little the comments after where it was like two years later, you get the Civil Rights Act. And then, I mean, it's, we can talk about the other statistic that's gross later, but you know, the whole situation with the bus legislation doesn't happen in a year, in my opinion, if this hadn't happened and it hadn't been handled the way that it was. So yes, I agree with you. Like as much as it was terrible for Emmett Till, the person, because he is being used in a certain kind of way without him being used and his mother having the courage to do what she did the way that she did it. I think our country would look even different than it does now. As terrible as it can look, I think it would look worse because I think we would have been set back 10, 15 years on the civil rights movement in the case of African-Americans and others, because without the civil rights movement based on specifically African-Americans at the time, there are other races that probably would have been lumped in and had even worse issues than they still have. Right. So it's a big moment in the civil rights movement history as terrible and awful and avoidable, completely avoidable as it was, man, our world would look very different. I think without it. And that, I think that was the most heart-wrenching part for me. And the reason that I really appreciate the performance from Daniel Deadweiler, because, and I love that they named it Till, because in my head, I hear Till and I go, it's Emmett Till. But this movie was her movie, right? This is about Mamie. And I loved that because she's the one, her decisions and what she did with this situation, this horrid situation is what drove the change and what drove the public outcry and the opinion and, and the movement to move forward to the unfortunate. I'm sure she would take it all back now. If she could have her son, but you know what I mean? In that moment, but it's crazy to think about that. And then, yeah, the last statistic, the fact that it took to 2022 to actually make it federally illegal to lynch someone. Are you shitting yeah. me right now? <laughs> and I remember last year or this year when that law passed and I was like, wait, what? I was like, that wasn't a federal law to begin with. And then again, it goes back to, man, somebody tell me again why I don't have faith in humanity that we didn't look at it 50 years ago and go, we probably shouldn't allow this to be even slid under the radar at any point. 
And why should the states get to decide? Because obviously they're going to fuck it up. Jesus. But I guess it's past now, right? As if there aren't worse things that people do to other people these days. Right. Anyway, I thought it was a great movie. Really, really enjoyed it. It was hard to watch. I was in a theater. There was like six of us in the theater. And there, it was, yeah, it was hard to watch. All right. I had a good experience watching the film. So Good. Yeah. Uh, you guys ready to rate it? Let's do it. All right. Alec, let's start with you, buddy. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, this was probably easily one of the most uncomfortable theater experiences I've ever had. For good and bad reasons, I think. But I really enjoyed this movie. It sparked probably the biggest fight I've ever had with Oceana afterwards. Mm going back and forth because I'm in an interracial relationship. So neither one of us sees things the way the other one sees it. Mm -hmm. So it sparked the biggest fight followed by a pretty good discussion, I think about how we both feel. So just for that, it was incredible. Yeah. Top notch movie. And then in addition to that, I think this story is one that should be told more frequently and at the forefront. And, you know, we have civil rights stories that are told Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. This one should be told more so than those, mm. I believe. So I'm grateful that this movie came out, but kind of like what you said, JJ, it was a pretty empty theater when I went to go see it. Not a lot of people, I don't think, are flocking to the theaters specifically to see it, which is sad. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the deterrent is, oh, I don't want to be that uncomfortable which, you know, I can kind of get, but at the same time, if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, why are you even watching movies? Yep. So for all those reasons, as you guys can probably tell, I'm stalling the fuck out of this because I don't know what to give it. I do know what that looks like, sir. I'm going to settle this on a 4.5 for... I mean, all my kind of issues or problems that I had with it, it did a really good job of telling a story that needs to be told more. So four and a half for me. I will not ever watch this movie again. Hands down won't do it, but it is probably one of the best movies I've seen recently. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think the performances were outstanding. Even the supporting roles were great, but I mean, the main role of Mamie, Daniel Deadweiler just killed it. It was completely emotional. It was uncomfortable. And I'm with you, Alec. I think we shy away from making movies like this for we've shied away for it as a culture for a long time. The handful that have been made have been slid under the rug. So I'm glad that we're reviewing this. I almost didn't put it on the list because I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this movie because I know it was going to be uncomfortable. So I was really glad when Charles voted for it as well. And I, you know, I decided to put it on the list and give him the chance to, to have us go watch it. And I'm glad he did because I enjoyed it. And I was probably going to see it anyway, but I didn't know if I wanted to talk about it, but I'm glad we are. I think it's important. It's like you talked about with Oceana and having that argument that turns into a discussion, like I said, really interesting experience at the theater. Uh, there was an African-American couple there sitting real close to me. And so there were some conversations that were had afterward. Anyway, very interesting conversations. And I appreciated the insights there that I gained and then the movie. But overall, I just thought this was a really good movie. I think we need more like them to talk about not the mainstream stories, but the actual that are that are brutal and ugly, but are brutal and ugly with a tint of 
heroism that makes us comfortable enough to be able to swallow the discomfortable, the uncomfortable parts. I think this is a movie that's in a story that's extremely uncomfortable. And even the hero heroism that's involved doesn't make it palatable. It just sucks through and through some good things came years later from it, but it, no matter how good it doesn't balance. So that's why it stays uncomfortable. And I think we need more of that to open people's eyes or at least make them uncomfortable because we need that. Anyway, I thought the movie was fantastic. There was some editing could have been edited a little different to Mattson's point. Could have a little, been a little bit shorter and still got the point across, I think. But overall, I thought it was a great movie. I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. I will watch it again because I don't mind being reminded of being uncomfortable every once in a while. And I thought the performance was good. So it'll be a while before I watch it again, but I think I would. All right, Mattson. Yeah, you guys have said all kind of things I want to say. Yes, this movie is slower pace, but it's based off real life. Real life isn't always glamorous and exciting. This movie is extremely educational and gets the point across that it was trying to make that these things, as we talked about, need to be remembered, need to be witnessed and seen so we don't make these mistakes again. Obviously, this is not the most entertaining thing I've seen on a screen. It was never going to be that because this is not an entertaining story. It's a story of tragedy, but it's a story that needed to be told. So what's hard about rating this is the <laughs> acting, the everything is, is top notch, but I guess I'm going to give it a, a four and a half as well. The only thing I'm really knocking it for is I think if it was 15 to 20 minutes shorter, I would have felt a lot better with the heavy weight of it and the slowness of the story would have felt right because that's what it always had to be. But there were areas that could have snipped for me and kind of tidied it up a little bit and I would have been okay with that. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Good movie. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people will see it. No, but I don't I think, think they will. But I think you should at least go watch it once. Have your argument with yourself and yeah, and learn some things. But there it is. Yeah, Till. Go check it out. Still in theaters. Just barely came out last week. So with that, Ooh, let's lighten the mood a little, Alec. Tell everybody where they can find us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in to Till. This was a really heavy movie, but I will not let that stand in the way of my call-out <laughs> shenanigans. So today, at the time of recording, it is the third day of No Shave November, mm. which means I've now been growing this out for 42,069 days, and it's still patchy <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> this movie was a Patreon special. So thank you, Ginge Cringe Dildo Warehouse, for mm -hmm. the vote and your continued patronage. If you guys would like to support the What's Our Verdict podcast more directly, Patreon is a place to do so, but we also accept offshore account numbers, trust funds, and cashier's checks. So don't limit yourself to just one location. <laughs> we release a new movie episode every Monday morning, and that continues to be the most consistent place to find our content. If you have stuck around until this point in the video, leave us a like or drop us a comment and let us know if our verdict matches with yours. Back to you, JJ. Yeah. Thanks, Alec. There it is. Way to lighten the mood again. We appreciate it, as always. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic out. <laughs>